Hi guys, welcome to Begging Broadcast episode number 513. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list, the comic books that we are looking forward to coming out February 22nd, 2023. And we follow it up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week we're wrapping up the month of love. We're going to be talking about our favorite comic book artists. So we've already done the cover artists, the writers, and now we're going to be doing the interior artists. Mm. See, this was good because this way I didn't need I, I've already mentioned three artists, so I feel good. I can mention three different ones in our in our main topic. Or you could mention the same three, Paul. We did not set rules, so if that's what you want to do, go ahead. Well, we do abide by one rule, and that is when we get together to do this podcast. We all bring a beer to drink or something to drink and talk about. And uh John what are you drinking? I am drinking from Southern Tier Brewing Company. Their 2X Juice Jolt. Extra juicy double IPA. This is bold fruit juice flavor coming in at 9.2%. I'm sorry, 9.5%. Uh, and this is another fruit punch double IPA. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I had the Voodoo Ranger Juice Force. Um, I like this better than that because that you kind of got that booziness off of. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I I don't like fruit punch yeah. IPAs because uh, this is the second one I've I've had, and it just the flavors just don't deliver for me. Um, I'm just not loving it. Uh, the nine point five percent is hidden. You do get like you can tell that this is a strong beer, but it's not as boozy as the uh, New Belgium one. Um, And you could easily just chug this if you wanted to get uh, drunk, drunk. Um, but I just uh, I just I just don't like it. It's my my personal taste. Uh, I think it's made fine, but I just it's just not for me. Yeah, after that, the new Belgium, um, the Juice Force, I, I was like, no, no, no Hawaiian Punch beer. I'm not, not it. Not yeah, but you me. liked Juice Force. No, I liked the... What was you the guys like Juice Force because that's the one that you were like... No, I like the... Because then I was looking for it. Well, you liked Juice Force. Fruit Force is their new one. Oh, the Fruit Force. I do not like the Fruit Force. I don't like the sea. Wait, the sea breeze. Sea breeze. Oh, you like the sea breeze. I like the sea breeze, but not the walk and roll. Uh, yeah, the fruit force. Don't like it. Didn't like it. So this sounds like more like the fruit force and less like the juice force. Juice force. Correct. Amazing. Great. Loved it. Yes. Fruit force. I, I agree. Awful. Do not enjoy it. I'm still gonna look for this one just so I can try it. Yeah. yeah. You should still try to look for the juice force. Oh, yeah, juice force. Force. Great. yeah, it's good. Took me forever, but the, I didn't get the juice force. John, I'm sorry you don't like your beer. Paul, is is yours any better? Mine has also come from a uh, you know quote unquote local uh, brewery. And this is from Ellicottville Brewing, the Pretzel Bender. It's a five percent 
I'll call it by volume. Uh, it's a uh, dunkle with uh, it's an earthy dunkle is what they say on the label there mm. uh, with toffee notes. Guys, you can read that. Can. Um, so, and this was bottled back in uh, July of last year, you know, and uh, they sell it at the brewery still because they don't care. And I, you know, I, it was I bought it anyways because I'm like, I'm here. I might as well try a bunch of different stuff. They wouldn't sell old beer. This it's okay. It tastes nice. It's it does have a little bit of the toffee aftertaste. It's not big. It's not huge on any flavor. It is a brown ale, basically. The Bach. Would it be better with a pretzel? Maybe. It's meant to have with a pretzel. That's why they. Call you know it that pretzel. it would be kind of fun to have like one of those really large pretzel rods and just stick it in there and then. Okay. For those of you listening, Paul actually had his pants off when he said that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Chris, what are you drinking while you think um, about my pants being off? So, I don't want anyone to think that I'm breaking my new beer's resolution, because last week I did go to another local Florida brewery, and I went to Half Barrel Beer Project, which is actually super close to my apartment, um, it's a very small, very intimate establishment, and I didn't get anything to bring home because they do not can or bottle any of the stuff that they have there because it's literally so small. Like you walk past their like fermentation tank when you walk in the door to like sit down at the bar. Uh, so they usually only have like one beer that they've brewed there, but it's very much just a local Florida like brew pub like where they have a bunch of beers from florida and they have like a bottle and can shop they're set up on the sides so it's a very like yeah, just intimate experience uh so unfortunately i was not able to bring anything home with me from there the only beer that they had on tap that they made was their easy doc which was a brown ale get it doc brown mm. oh, okay. uh, which was actually very good uh, had a lot of other really good beers there. You could tell that whoever's uh, owns it or is in charge of the tap list picks good beers that they like, and that's what they're serving there. Um, so unfortunately, I did have a great time there, but I do not have any beers from there to bring for my new beers resolutions. But I still tried to get something new. Uh, so I picked up a sampler pack from Double Nickel Brewing out of New Jersey. Awesome. Uh, I'm going to be sipping on these from the night. Some of these beers I have had before because I picked this up just as kind of like a fridge filler. And I was like, and I can save one of each to talk about for the show. Uh, but I'm starting off with their Pilsner 5.6% ABV. Uh, it's nice. On their website, they say this Pilsner is a lawnmower beer if your lawn is located on the side of a Bavarian mountaintop. And I can see that. Uh, it's a nice, crispy, crushable Pilsner. Like There's nothing... Fantastic about it. There's nothing bad about it. Like it just scratches that pills itch. Under review. Like I, again, I don't have a lot to say. It's it's a pilsner. Like, yeah, it's a pilsner. Hey, it's fine. I got a Bach. You got a pilsner. John has a bad rooted, artificially flavored beer. So you know, yeah. Stop teasing me. But I now he'll have something beer. better when he comes back because my yeah. beer store didn't have that. But I'm off tomorrow, so I'll look for that. We'll talk more about that later. Yeah, uh, guys. <clears throat> those were the new beers I were drinking. But about about the news that we'll be reading for the news garden coming up in the Week in Geek. 
Yeah. Uh, oh, I had some good ones last week. Don't don't yeah, judge me yeah. for these ones. That's true. I'm not judging. No, I'm you disappointed. Did. <laughs> Which is a form of judging. <laughs> uh, the Super Bowl happened, guys, and there were some trailers. Happy Super Bowl, everyone! Hey. Yeah. Uh, the, and the, the Kentucky County war guys fought against the Flytown Falcons, and we yeah. all know who won that battle on the courts. Yeah. And it may be in two years we can bring back our Super Bowl, because we just got sick was, of giving it to Marvel every year. I was thinking about that, and you know we'll ease into it with our March Madness coming up. <laughs> Next month, wow! It's a whole another month of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, but guys, Super Bowl, a bunch of trailers. Some of the stuff that was more information about things that we've seen a little bit of before. Nothing like super earth shattering. I don't know if there's like a fa- favorite trailer for each of you that you want to be like, oh, this one. I the the Flash trailer. I'd have to say gave a little more insight to what's going to be happening in that. Um, you see a, a Supergirl. Um, you see two Batmans. Uh, two Flashes. Two mm-hmm. Flashes. Um, well, oh. two, two General Zods, but I do also have to admit I was sitting really close to the TV screen, so that could be why. You, you went a little across the eye. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. So, Okay, I was kind of confused uh, because, yeah, you're right. There is two flashes because there's a blue lightning flash and, like, a yellow lightning flash, and their shoes come together. But I was thinking that Barry shows up to the one world where his mom's alive, and that Barry isn't the Flash. Yes, because it seems like the rest of the trailer is kind of seeding that Barry trying to give or get his powers from, quote-unquote, our Barry because mm-hmm. Zod's attacking because in that world there are no metahumans except supergirl is a metahuman so that's why they recruit her to help fight against zod with batman and it it seems like a very flashpoint kind of super supergirl is kind of like the superman from flashpoint where she's been held in like a government facility kind of thing Mm -hmm. uh and kept from gaining her powers by being kept out of the sunlight. At least yes. that's my kind of reading of the, hey, catch it on, view the trailer online now. Paul, are you going to start doing trailer reacts on, on the Twitch at Maggie <laughs> Board? Because I think you should with that just clear, concise storytelling. Be beautiful. I'd be like, is this what this means? It wouldn't be any, there would be no information. It would just be me asking questions. Who wants to see that? Nobody wants to see that. Wait, do you want to see that? I do want to see well, that, Paul. Thank you for asking. Listeners uh, are, looks, I've been uh, listening to it for 12 years, Paul. It looks better than I expected. But you two are here to tell me, to give me answers. Yes. Uh, and the answer is yes, Paul. It, it looks it looks better than I thought it was going to. Uh, the Supergirl stuff looks cool. Kind of fun to see Michael Keaton back. He looked great as Batman. Uh, The CG Batman looks like he's having a lot of fun, too, because he's doing stuff now, not just, like, jumping down and then, like, punch. 
punch like and turning his head like this the whole, and that whole of, body. For those of you listening, John turned his whole body and also his had his off. pants off. <laughs> we never humor, record with pants on. That's how humor works, guys. Um, but yeah, I I dug this one. Dare I say one of the trailers I was most uh, excited for? And that's the one trailer that I went back to watch a couple times just because I'm like, wait, what is happening? And okay, but who? And also, also just to see Michael Keaton as Batman again. Did you see, like, all those people are like, well, we want to see it, but we are more willing to pirate it than we Mm -hmm. are to go pay for it. I mean, that's everybody with every movie now, though. Uh, I'm going to jump in here instead of throwing it over to you, John, because trailer I actually watched a couple times was the new Super Mario Brothers trailer. You know what? I missed that one. Oh, um. A little bit of new footage that wasn't in the first trailer, but what really made this trailer for me is the fact that it's actually done as a commercial for the Super Mario Brothers plumbing company. Okay, I did see, I saw that today. Okay. Just the commercial, though. Yes. Um, there's a, a little bit of, like, like the Smash footage in front of it, too. Um, and also, it does one of the things that I like when movies and TV shows do it, where it has a phone number that you can call and it's a real active phone number. Um, So we actually called it that night and you get a voicemail from Luigi telling you to uh, actually go to their website or to text them uh, for more information and updates. But uh, Charlie Day's Luigi, I think is a treasure. I'm looking forward to this movie and I'm looking forward to more Charlie Day, Luigi. And I'm going to call it right now. Um, post credit scene for this movie will have Wario and Waluigi in it. See, uh, I, I'm going to totally dismiss that, Chris, because it's going to be Princess Peach kicking open the door with a blaster saying that they need to go back. Like in the live action Mario. Uh, the one I wanted to talk to Chris the most about trailer wise. Uh, and I started to try to text you and I was like, I just need to have the conversation with Chris. Okay. Is the Fast 10. Yes. Uh, I did watch <laughs> this trailer. Are and you to, sound, to sound like Hall, I've only ever seen Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. So I recognize the actors and I think, wow, this movie's got a big cast and i know some of these people have been in fast movies before some of them i don't know uh because vin diesel's face they're doing they're doing something to his face right it looks like computer smoothed out in the trailer um, like it looks weird or like so they superimposed I'm, his face so i know what you're talking about i don't know if maybe that's supposed to be flashback stuff where they tried to de-age him i don't know I don't know, because it looks like every Again, scene that he's in. I don't know. Maybe it's all flashback. <clears throat> Maybe it's all told in flashback. Before uh, I, Waluigi and Princess Peach <laughs> kick in the door. <laughs> to be like, this guy's got a pretzel rod in his butt. That's where <laughs> it's meta-breaking, and they're talking about Paul, who's then got to react to the trailer. <laughs> uh, with my cookie uh, plus? Cookie plus. That's, uh, that's, that's the, the thing. From, that's, that's the, the subtitle to the movie. 
Um, the thing that I'm not looking forward to this movie. I think it looks silly and ridiculous, but not in a fun way. The only the last thing... one had like the ridiculous fun where it was like, I don't remember who it was, but that's when they were like in the magnet car or whatever it was. I, that's not like a stroke victim right now. I don't know well, what I'm saying. That was the one where Dom was bad because Charlize Theron had stolen his baby that he didn't know he had. And John and Cena was in it. Oh, no. the That's okay. Was the that one the last before, one? Because I know yeah, John, John Cena was in one of them because John it was Cena his brother. Was, John Cena was in the last one. The one before that, I think, was the one with Charlize Theron, where Dom went bad. And his baby was with Michelle Rodriguez's character, I'm guessing. No, okay. no, no. A girl, Judy Dench. Yes. She's in this, so. But is she no, in no. I'm she's Shazam. in. She's in Shazam, but she's also in Chronicles of Helen Britain. Mirren. Helen Mirren. Yeah, Which, she's in. Again, not for the story uh, we can eat, but apparently they're going to be doing another Chronicles of Riddick movie. That was something yes. that came out. Which, yeah. Okay, that's cool. I like that universe world. So, so Chronicles of Riddick are pitch black. Yes. Then Chronicles of Riddick. Yes. Okay. And then, and then there's, there's like video games. And there's a third movie. I think it's just oh. called Riddick. Yes. And it goes it goes back to Pitch Black esque him getting hunted and fighting monsters. But I kind of I, I don't know I don't know Fast, man. Fast and the Furious. I kind of like it for the um, I can't think of his name now. He plays Aquaman. Uh, Jason, Jason Momoa. Momoa. Jason Momoa. Because he looks like he's just chewing up the scenery, having a ball, being over the top bad guy. Like right. And then he's like, up. this pretzel tastes like shit. <laughs> It's yes. a Mallrats crossover. <laughs> but it looks like he's having a ball playing this. And I this enjoy is... Jason Momoa when he's just having fun. With Isn't that role. the whole point of the Fast and Furious movies is to get all these actors together? No, the whole point that is That would just family. have fun together as if they're a family? If... I don't I think... With how much money these movies do, and we'll be talking more about them when we actually do wind up doing our uh, summer movie blockbuster bracket buster. I, I feel like I should go back and start to like catch up on them and watch them. So maybe I can see this one, but I don't have a strong desire to do it. It's just kind of one of those like it's one of those shower thoughts. Where it's like yeah, I, I could watch all the fast movies. I'm sure oh, they're you, on something. Are you COVID watched a bunch of them, right? Who, me? No, I bought the uh, Blu-ray for, like, of the nine movie collection for, like, 30-something dollars. And I'm like, nine nine movies. How could I You'd be no? losing money if you didn't. <laughs> exactly. So, and you uh, haven't watched any? I, I watched the first one, and Kate's like, I can't do this. I can't. Like, like during the movie, she's like, we might have to turn this off. I'm hating every minute of this movie. I'm like, but it's my Monday fun day, so we're watching it. And she's like, I'll be on my phone. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So I have yet to watch any of the other ones because Kate hated it so much. Uh, yeah, sounds like a waste of $30. And Kate loves uh, Michelle Rodriguez. And she was good in that movie. She's, uh, I honestly... 
watched a vi- <laughs> I watched a video about uh, the first Avatar movie recently, and I was like, oh, I forgot Michelle Rodriguez is in that movie. I liked her in that movie too. Paul, what <laughs> what movies is Kate watching where she's like, you know, Michelle Rodriguez? Uh, the first Resident- maybe maybe Dungeons and Dragons. The first uh, the first Resident Evil movie. Okay. I don't. Kate watches a lot of stuff without me. <laughs> so that's the one. And then the the one person that I never would think that Kate would be like, oh, Michelle Rodriguez is in this. Let's put it on. <laughs> like, I would never think that that would be a sentence you would say. I don't know if she would say that sentence. It's like more of the things like, oh, I like Michelle Rodriguez. Like, or well, she's always cool. Think- she's like a badass woman that she's like. She always kicks ass in all the movies she's in. I think, John, uh, we start the movie fix again, and we have a special Michelle Rodriguez guest oh. with Kate, where we only talk about Michelle Rodriguez movies. Oh, okay. I'm going to have to look on IMDb <laughs> oh, to see what I, Perfect. Okay, so we set this up. We do it in May. It's a theme month. It's Michelle Rodriguez <laughs> with Paul's wife, Kate. Okay. Oh, yeah. Bagged and bored going on hiatus the month of May, everybody. <laughs> um, but I segued into a movie that I want to talk about uh, that's smoothie because uh, we got another Dungeons and Dragons trailer. And this movie looks like it's a lot of fun. Where I think people are looking forward to Fast and the Furious because those movies are fun. This one actually does look like it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm probably going like, to go see it. Uh, I would like to go see it. Um, I think it would be something fun to... Excuse me, yawn. Um, sorry, that wasn't about the subject we were talking about. It's because I'm talking to you two. Um, <clears throat> but the uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. I would like to go see this one in the theater. Um, not only because this movie needs to make a certain amount of money, or it'll destroy Dungeons and Dragons, and they'll never put out another. I think expansion. Wizards of the Coast did that on its own, guys. Because they did something with the laws of I don't know. I don't play Dungeons and Dragons. I didn't follow any of that story. Paul, do you have another trailer? Uh, just the announcement trailer for when Ted Lasso season three is starting, mm-hmm. which is uh, I believe March eighth. Uh, I wrote down on my calendar. I'm sorry, guys. I was looking That's up okay. Michelle Rodriguez uh, movies. Well, it's kind of funny you say that because. He wrote it on his Michelle Rodriguez binder. wall calendar. That's what happened. Well, while you're looking that up, uh, we got another trailer for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, which this is, of all the trailers I watched, this is the trailer I was more like, yes, this is definitely a movie that will be coming out. Uh, the yeah. 15th. The uh, 15th my, for also. I've watched, um, we've watched Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade probably about maybe ten times. My son and I, he loves um, Indiana Jones. Temple of Doom, I think, might be a little too. I mean, he's four years old. Might be a little too dark, and I think there's a little too much violence in um, <clears throat> Raiders. So when this was on TV, I was like, "Buddy, Indiana Jones," and he was super excited. And then when the title came up, Caitlin was like what's the title? And it's like the dial of destiny. And she said, that's a stupid title. And I didn't disagree. I mean, they're kind of all 
stupid titles in a way. Like, if you look at them, like, but they're meant to be kind of pulpy and mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Raiders of the Lost Ark is an awesome title. Mm-hmm. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. The Temple of Doom? Come on, Temple of Doom's a cool title. Crystals, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Well, no, so the not. last two titles have been bad. Indiana Jones, Fast X. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm sorry, my notes ran together there. And everybody said it was a missed opportunity because it should have been Fast 10, your seatbelts. It would make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, Transformers, Rise of the Beasts, a little bit more, which I'm... Well, I can I like. go back to Indiana Jones for a second? You can. Because the actress, I'm forgetting her name, she's uh, the... That's playing oh. like the... Yeah, she played L3. What's her name? She was also, uh, in, you know, the head writer and actress in Fleabag. Apparently, there, she actually has, is writing the script. Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Phoebe Waller-Bridge is, like, writing the script for, and also she, like, co-wrote this script for Indiana Jones. And she's writing a script for uh, Laura Croft, Tomb Raider. Oh, and Tomb Raider was just sold from M, what Embark or M, M something group, some investment group bought it for uh, Tomb Raider and like 50 other titles from Square Enix, and they just sold Tomb Raider to Amazon. They bought stuff uh, IP from Square Enix for 300 million dollars. They sold just Tomb Raider for 600 million dollars. And Amazon has come out to say they want to do more with it. Not just uh, they were going to publish the next Tomb Raider game, but now they're going to own it. And they want to do more than just video games. They want to do like movies and other other entertainment things with the app IP. And PB Waller-Bridge apparently is writing a, uh, a treatment. She, she doesn't have a writing credit on Indiana Jones. Okay, so I might have not gotten that part of the story right um she no time to die she wrote on that okay so james bond killing eve she dove out for television fleabag she was a creator for crashing on netflix any other trailers i think it's interesting that the uh indiana jones connection and then the connection with tomb raider since tomb raider is definitely related to indiana jones no. Yep. Um, she's got a Mr. and Mrs. Smith TV show, Untitled Amazon Project, which is probably the Tomb Raider. Mm-hmm. And then she's rumored to be writing the next Bond movie as well. But Chris says, keeps on asking any other trailers, John. I, I, uh, I I, we need to cross this Phoebe Waller bridge. Mm. <laughs> is it a wall or a bridge that's named Phoebe? Sorry. Oh, I didn't know what you were saying there. Both. Both. It's a bridge <laughs> over a wall. I don't remember any more trailers. I think I'm, we're tra- I'm trailered out. That's okay. We can we can park it and move on to the next section, guys. And that's how you limp your way through a segment, everybody. Thanks for <laughs> listening to the Bagman Broadcast. 513 episodes, everybody. Hey, they, can't, they can't all be great. But you know what is great? And it's finally back. It's Wookie Jack. Oh, I'm so glad and it's great. 
and it is from Firestone Walker Brewing Company, coming in at 8.3%. You wouldn't even know it. Uh, it is delicious. I remember this beer being a lot kind of bigger and bolder um, flavors, but this is perfectly balanced. Um, a little bit of bitterness, the roastiness that you'd expect in an IPA. Um, the rye isn't super coming out in it, um, but it's still really good. Um, $13.99, a six-pack, which I don't think is a bad price for an 8.3% beer. Um, and it drinks so easy. It is delicious. Chris, are you drinking something delicious? I'm, I'm drinking something that's okay. Uh, next one out of the double nickel sampler pack is their Session IPA. Uh, this is 4.7% ABV. On their website, they say the pregame and postgame shower beer. And it's it's a Session IPA. Um, does it hit that all-day IPA from founder's level? And no, it does not. Uh, but it's a little bit more flavorful than some sessions I've had. Um, they say this was brewed with Cascade Citra and Simcoe hops, but then dry hopped with Cascade Citra and Simcoe. Uh, so the exact same hops, so they double hopped it. But it doesn't say it's a dry hop on it. Those are three hops that I enjoy. It's, again, it's I not I... bad, but it's just not not a knockout, but it's fine. Like This is, I think, if I went somewhere and just said like, hey, just give me whatever session IPA you have, and it tastes like this, I'd be like, yeah, it's a session IPA. Hi. I know I'm sounding like I'm meh on their beers. There are some good ones in this pack, guys. I'm just going okay. I'm going light to start it off. I, I thought you were again, just hating on Jersey. No, these Which is both, fair. Both the session and the Pilsner are good representations of the style that they're they're making. It's just I think there are two styles of beers that you probably have a favorite of those beers, and anything that you drink, you're always going to wind up com- like comparing it to that. Paul, sorry, go ahead. That's all right. I'm drinking again from Ellicottville Brewery. Uh, this is their St. Jacobs. This is their bourbon barrel aged imperial stout. This is, sits at 9% alcohol by volume, and um, they say it's barrel aged. But it's like overly oaked, which makes me feel like it's probably just soaked with the barrel staves. You remember that? How when people were trying, like breweries were trying to get into the barrel aged market and they wanted to cheap out. So they wouldn't actually age it in barrels. They would just soak the beer with like the wood staves, like the parts and bits and pieces of the barrels. And uh, the beers would come out like a little like not picking up that vanilla, you know, from the oak, the char. It would just come out woody. And that's what's happening with this one. It it tastes like I'm drinking. soaked beer would soak beer. It's um, not awful. It's not the worst of those like mass produced, really cheap imperial bourbon age stouts but um it's definitely not the best it's not i would rather be drinking a dragon's milk right now you know and that's 
you know, then that's difficult because the dragon's milk is really good for what it is. And that's mass produced like that's out at all times. And it's only what, twelve ninety nine for a four pack. No, it's fifteen ninety nine. Fifteen ninety nine for a twelve pack. Get a rebate, worth, maybe. But worth it. So worth it. No, like it, maybe if you go in my way back machine to like five years ago, it was only twelve ninety nine. Maybe. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So I've had this beer on draft, and I was given a bottle from the brewery. Um, now this four, is probably old. Four years ago. That's from Christmas. Like, I had that beer in the store around Christmas time. 10, 21, 22. So, yeah. It's a little bit newer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> three months newer than... And, Paul, I think at one time you and I, we had the, we drank the bottle that I had together. Oh. Um, it might have been a game night. For some reason, I think Greg was there. So it might have been just a, a different a night that we were all together. Um, but I thought it was excellent. Can't say that I had, this is, I was surprised that they put this out in 16 ounce cans for 1299. So they might be cheaping out. I think if you are just doing it on wood staves, you have to say, okay, it aged in wood staves. It does say aged in oak bourbon barrels, but it's giving, you know, it's giving me that same kind of quality. Like, I don't know what went wrong. It's, hey, it could I have been in there over. for, it could have been in the yeah. barrel for a day, you know? Mm-hmm. It says over six months here on, mm-hmm. on tap, but. Okay. Six months a day, hey, it's all the same. I'm just writing up, yeah, on uh, on tap. Tastes a little over oak to me. Hmm. And that's, that's my review, guys. Wow, I... I appreciate that, Paul. And I also look forward to hearing <laughs> your reviews of the books that you're going to be reading this week, February 22nd, on the list. On the list? Guys, I, I'm I'm going back. I'm not picking up a book coming out this week. I'm going to go back into the archives from uh, last month. And I missed this. I don't know how I missed it, but Dragon Age, the missing number one. It might, might be right there in the title. Uh, maybe I'm the missing. Um, and this is following uh, Varric, who was in the second Dragon Age and also in Dragon Age Inquisition. Varric and is the dwarf guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's, okay. it's telling the story. He's telling the story in Inquisition, right? Yeah. That's the overarching. So. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't play in. No, no. Something like that. Yeah, it's it's been a while since I played uh, Inquisition. I am playing through Dragon Age Origins uh, because I know the Dragon Age uh, Dreadwolf will be coming out. I don't know when, but this comic is a lead into that. So, Are you playing it on Twitch, though, so I can follow along? No, because I, I only have so much time to play on Twitch, and that's very little. And I'm playing through right now Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag on Twitch. So, third game... <laughs> Out of 250, I don't think I'm going to get to get through all of them in one year, guys. I don't think it's going to happen. I didn't know you had a time limit of a year that yeah. you had to do this. I was hoping, but then I'm like, wait, that was stupid because 250 games divided by 52 uh, weeks in a year, that's just five games per per session. And I'm only playing like maybe an hour and an hour and a half to and hours, you were talking so. about completing them too. Yeah. 
or getting a no. I always said like getting a feel for them. Like, but this one, Reagan H or um, Black Flag, I do want to actually play through because I haven't played it, and it's an actual story. Unlike the other two games that I played, which were, you know, kind of uh, strategy games, where it's kind of like, meh. you know, I, I was there was no real story that I was going to get through with them. Um, but man, talking about limping through the <laughs> segment, but uh, Chris. What what book are you looking forward to? Uh, I have a new number one coming out from over at Marvel Comics, and this is Betsy Braddock, Captain Britain number one. This is being written by Tini Howard, art by Vasco Georgiev. Uh, you guys weren't fans of it, but I did enjoy that volume of Excalibur that we read like last year for the trading policy. Uh, this is Elizabeth Braddock, aka. Uh, Captain Britain with her brother Brian, who is now known as Captain Avalon, uh, doing mystical mutant stuff. I don't know. It's a new number one. I'm just, I'm just excited. Like Psylocke's always been one of my favorite X Men, and I kind of like this more Knights of uh, Arthur take on the character. I know. Again, you guys weren't fans of it, yeah. uh, but I think it's cool. I don't know. I dig it. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. Is Apocalypse still on this team? Uh, the only characters on the cover are Betsy Braddock. Uh, and Captain Britain. And Captain Britain. And then, I don't know, there's another character in the background who looks like it could be Rachel Summers because they have red hair, but I don't want to commit to that. Okay. Oh, oh, actually, when I'm on League of Comic Geeks, when I scroll down for main characters, it has the character listed as Ascani, a.k.a. Rachel Summers, from Earth 811. Ascani, so she is sconded from Earth 811. Is that why she's called that? That that wasn't a joke. That was an actual question. No, the Ascani was like a thing from like the 90s. Oh, I X Men. I that's back when I wasn't reading the comic books, but I was getting the trading cards. So I know I know about that very tangentially. But, John, what about you? You're looking forward to a new book. Yeah, I'm looking forward to a new number one from Image Comics, and this is called Local Man. Uh, this is written by Tony Fleece, uh, co-written by Tim Seeley, art by Tim Seeley. And this is a story of a man who was kicked out of like one of those 90s superhero teams like Gen 13 or Wildcats. Um who had to go back crawling to his parents to live in their basement to try to figure his life out. Uh, And he's trying to figure out where he fits in life. And then it says the bodies start piling up. Uh, It looks like he kind of goes to be a vigilante in this small town. Um, It looks fun and something different. Creative. It seems creative. Yeah. The, I pulled up when you were talking about it, and the cover definitely looks like it's like a Wildcats kind of kind of team because you've got like the big burly guy with a line like straight down his face. You've got the guy that has like a big long spiky ponytail. The guy that looks like Shatterstar because he's just got like the American Gladiators like head, yeah. headdress on. Um, interesting, interesting. Yeah, seems fun. You know what else is fun? 
Would that be a dramatic reading? And now, a dramatic reading from Mr. Miracle. Oh, where did I send it? There it is. <laughs> from Mr. Miracle, number one, page 23, panel six. No, no, no. You're Orion, son of High Father. A stray puppy raised on the fluffed pillows of new genesis. And that was a dramatic reading from Mr. Miracle, number one, page 23, panel six. We read this book and I don't remember reading it. I remember liking it, though. Yeah. I remember it, though. But you know what I do like? Comic book artists? My, well, yes, but my next beer, uh, again, because I have like five beers to get through. So some of them are going to be quick because, again, the first two, very light, 4.6 and like 5.7 or whatever. Uh, but next up from the Double Nickel Sales sales Pack, Sampler Pack, is their Vienna Lager. And this was actually the first beer that I had pulled from the Sampler Pack when I opened it that day after I got home. And was like, what am I going to drink today? Uh this is a fantastic Vienna lager. It's nice, bready malt. It's got a like rich, like caramel sweetness to it. Um, I have it open. Their description for this is the old standby. And this is fantastic. Like if this was something that I could just get at like a my corner pub, like I stroll in, I sit down, the barkeep slides one down the bar to me, I catch it and I just take a sip. I could see myself going like it it hits the notes of what a Vienna lager should be, much like the session and the Pilsner did. But this is maybe I just really like Vienna lagers and it's not a style you get a lot of out and about places, but this is fantastic. I absolutely love this. And I think this beer and the next one I'll be having, they're uh Belgian were worth the price of the 15 pack. Nice. I mean, you sold me on it. I want to drink it. Mm. Here, get, get close to the, the monitor. I'm going <laughs> to pour some, pour some through the camera. Uh, but yes, John, I also do like comic book artists. So we're going to head into our main topic now, which like we said up at the front, ending the month of love guys can only go so far. Uh, February is the shortest month, and it's apropos that we have to say goodbye to this so soon. But we're going to be talking about our favorite comic book artists. We already did our favorite cover artists. So now it's going to be the people that are telling that story that gets sold to you from the cover that's been written by the writers. Who brings it home for you? That's That was the thought process I had. Hmm. Artist brings it home. And you know what? Artist brings it home and uh, is, is now hopefully at home and at peace in uh, whatever kind of uh, mysticism you may believe in. Uh, Darwin Cook. Mm. You know, just uh, a stalwart of, of uh, the cartooning uh, style of of comic book art. I have to say, uh, still one of my favorite looking books of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, I, put your pants on when we talk <laughs> about Darwin Cook. Chris, Chris is a cat in his lap, and he's petting it, and the tail is just slapping him in the face. And I, I, I hope help. it's a tail. 
It is. It's it's to lose everybody. He's the cuddly boy. He's he's got his tail up. I wasn't trying to distract you guys. He just jumped over here and he was like, "Hey, I want to hear Paul talk about Darwin Cook, one of I think collectively our favorite comic book artists." Like yeah. DC talking about Frontiers. that pulp style of new of Indiana Jones, like something like New Frontier, just just nailed storytelling. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. the era of it and everything. And there's something timeless about his art. If you wanted to tell, and unfortunately he had to got shoot. Uh, pigeonholed um, to do like those kind of throwback books. It seemed like if you wanted to tell like a, a, a modern comic in, but with a silver age flair, you would get Darwin cook. Yeah. But, but he yes. also embraced it. I mean, he did the spirit. He did a lot mm-hmm. of stuff that was his own stuff. Like one of my favorite book series and writers in novels is, um, Richard Stark in his Parker series. And I loved that Darwin Cook translated those books into art and his art was perfect for him. And that was like, that was his baby up until I think he passed away. Yeah. And I love, I love, I love him for that because I love those book series, but then to have his art with, with those books just is perfect. And we we saw uh, Darwin Cook at a few conventions in our earlier days of podcasting and going to conventions. Mm-hmm. And I know this isn't totally like a one for one comparison, but he kind of struck me as like a comic books Anthony Bourdain. Like he was a person that loved the medium and he loved to create it. And if you probably tried to approach him to make something that he didn't want to do, he'd he'd just be like, "No, I'm not. I'm not doing that." Like. I don't think he would take anything that he wouldn't want to like add to or pay homage to like. Yeah. Um, what's his name? I mean, I keep blanking on names. I just had his name. Mario Batali. No. Um, no. Bobby Flay. Who's married Mozart. to um, Rachel Ray? The Iron Chefs. Oh, nope. Never mind. <laughs> uh, Amanda Connors. Jimmy Palmiotti. Yes. Um, Jimmy Palmiotti and, and uh, Darwin Cook uh, were best friends. And um, every year on his passing or on his birthday, Jimmy Palmiotti always puts a post up to remember his friend and how much uh, he misses him. So he did have those people. And you would think like Darwin Cook and Jimmy Palmiotti are the complete opposites of of each other. But. Those guys were best friends. Chris, who is your shooting from the fly? You're number three. I thought we are all were going to just give Chris time. So that way, he's, oh. that way he could message people to somebody else that we haven't mentioned yet. Is that what we're doing? I don't know. What? I, I don't know. What? You, you said you had you were just going to shoot from your hip. Off, okay, off. then why do you say shoot from the fly? Because you, you're the one that keeps bringing up everyone not having pants on. I thought you'd be shooting from the fly. Mm, mm. I I meant to say on the fly, shoot from the hip. Shoot from the hip. It's okay. Um, I'm going to say something and I have to like quote it pretty much. Um, my mom, one time we went out for breakfast 
uh, to savories. And she couldn't say the word cinnamon raisin bagel. So she kept saying cinnamon raisin bacon. And it was one of those things like she just couldn't get past it. Cinnamon raisin bacon. Cinnamon raisin bacon. So you just had one of those moments. That's all. Yeah. And I, I think back to that often when anybody gets like their words kind of transposed. Cinnamon raisin bacon. There you go. But my pick is actually someone that has been present for my almost entire recent comic books jersey, jersey journey. God damn it. Um, where this is a creator that kind of got me back into comics after my lapse in the late 90s, early 2000s. With his work on DC Wildstorm's Crimson. And this is Humberto Ramos. Because Crimson is one of my all-time favorite comics. We've talked about it before on the show. We, I think we did the first volume for a trading policy. But that art still jumps off the page. And while, Paul, your pick of Darwin Cook has a timeless, like, hey, this is representative of that Silver Age storytelling. For me, Umberto Ramos is straight up, like, 90s expressiveness, kinetic energy, big anime like manga style and i really dig it i love the fact that he's been on big tier books too like x-men and spider-man because his style just lends itself to action and it just jumps off the page and he's a creator that i wish i had a sketch or a page from because his work got me back into comics and I picked up those Crimson trade paperbacks at Media Play. Like, I was walking through Media Play and was like, oh, let me look at the, the trade paperbacks, Ref Owls. And I saw Crimson and I was like, oh, this is awesome. I need I need to get in on this. And I passed them off to John. I had them at my high school graduation party. And my friend, John, you'll remember him, Steve, uh, Cauliflower Ear. I, I, oh, I don't, yeah. No, no, not Cauliflower Ear. That was something else. Uh, Hermit the, Crab. Hermit Crab's uh, duking it out. Yeah. He literally sat there at my graduation party just reading the Crimson Trade Paperbacks, like, while everyone else was, like, eating barbecue, going in the pool. Like, he just sat there at a picnic table, like, going through the four volumes of it. Uh yeah, one of one of my easy picks. Yeah. Uh, I saw you turn around and look at your shelf. I don't know yeah. what you were looking for. No, I just because I'm always trying to think. Uh, so mine's gonna go one of my one of my favorite books uh, is up that's up there is the Goon, and I really enjoy the painted sketchy monster style that eric powell does um and yeah it's slightly cartoony but it always looks so well done and the fact that he paints everything or he did paint everything I, i'm not sure how he's doing stuff now but i just always love that style just uh the big grimacing goon frankie with the big big white eyes with no pupil in them like there's just so much stuff. The way he draws zombies and buzzard and uh, the witch doctor, like all of those things 
Um, and then a lot of his books that he's done after the fact that they all have a great look and style um, that I just really, really love. How are we doing this, Paul? Do we, do we circle should, back? Should, should we circle snake back? back. Do it. Snake. Should right. we yeah, snake shoot, it. shoot snake from it. the fly? Yeah. Shoot, shoot from yeah, the fly. Shoot from the fly. Uh, so my number two um, is another artist who's on one of my all-time favorite books, and that is going to be David Aha. Uh, not only um, Iron Fist, Immortal Weapon, Hawkeye, but um, just the way he does the layouts, the way he draws everything. And then... And then, like, his his covers are completely, like, super bright and poppy, but then the the books that he does kind of have a little bit of grit and grittiness to it. But the fact that he can write, he can draw a completely silent comic book about a dog going through a, going through a um, apartment building. And make it just everything so dynamic and just works for it. Uh, you got to give the guy credit for that. Yes, yeah, I, I do give him credit for that because that's one of my all-time favorite comic issues. Oh, we should have done that. That could have been how if, maybe if it, Month of Love was the leap year, we could have. But all-time <laughs> all favorite issues. <laughs> um, uh, Mine is crippling anxiety. It's my favorite. Oh. <laughs> uh binge drinking is also a good issue that i have uh oh that's a good one. Oh, comic issues oh, comics. Oh. um for me my next one isn't a hard pick either um this is an artist that i have sketches from i own original comic book artwork from as well and we've talked about some of his work here multiple multiple times over the years uh, this is going to be Marcus Toe. Yes. He he did the Excalibur book that I referenced earlier when I was talking about my pick for the list. Um, but I have one of his Huntress pages on my wall. I have a Red Robin page that I need a frame for because the one it was in broke when I moved down to Florida. Uh, but he's touched so many of the characters I love just going through the Bat family, like Huntress, uh Red Robin, a.k.a. Tim Drake. He's done stuff with Nightwing, but then he's also done some solo creator stuff that I've also really enjoyed. Uh, But I think he does superhero comics very well because he can handle action, but his character work just speaks for itself because he can just draw a character sitting in a room and he can capture emotion and storytelling and just such a clear and concise way that I really enjoy it. Yeah, he he is able to do both uh, the character work and also the action bits really well. I really enjoy Marcus Stowe as well. Uh, he did indie work that we then checked out, mm-hmm. and then we didn't. I didn't, I didn't keep up with it. I, I'm just bad at keeping up with comic books in general. Um, but yes, uh, he he did a lot of stuff over at uh, Michael Turner's Aspen Comics. Uh, Joyride was kind of like the all-age, like, family adventure sci-fi comic. That was pretty cool. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, Joyride's the one I'm thinking of that I didn't keep up on. Um, an but artist, what, what do you keep up on, though, for your next pick? Uh, an artist that I want to see more work from uh, more recently, and I haven't seen in a while, is uh, Dale Eaglesham. 
Oh. Really liked his work uh, back in the day with JSA, Justice Society of America. Um, then his Fantastic Four run was pretty good uh, with Jonathan Hickman. He, he did some of that work there. He does have, again, one of these, like, timeless kind of, like, big barrel-chested, like, super, you know, superhero kind of adventures. Um more detailed than like a you know than just the line drop the uh the economy aligned work that you get from a uh, Darwin Cook but still very throwbacky very good um yeah I just really enjoyed Daily Gilsham he did uh all the Villains United back in the day or yeah was it Villains United I, yeah I, I yeah. Villains United and then it led into Secret Six yeah because I have I have a Catman sketch from <laughs> And I really enjoyed his take on all those characters as well. So he's like touched every character in some real D-list villains over at DC. Uh, wish that he could have done the same over at Marvel. Um, do a lot more work. I, you know, I, I just wish I saw more work from the guy. So Daily Girl Show. Wait, so that's my number two. Am I going my number one? Is that what we're doing? No, uh Chris hasn't started one, so Chris should go yeah. first. Yeah. Um, but before was... that, we should talk about our next beer. Oh, yeah. Uh, you start <laughs> yours off. I am going to run and grab mine. Sure. I'm going to take one more sip here. I'm not going to drink another beer. This is a 9%, <laughs> and I'm getting through it. Uh, so I'm drinking a, uh, a beer from Prison City. I had their beer a couple weeks ago, um, Mass Riot. And this is their Haze on New England style IPA. And this is delicious. Um, this has cryo pop, citra, and Simcoe hops. Um, <clears throat> coming in at 6.1%. Um, Paul, this beer is absolutely delicious. So if you see it, Prison City, it's got a bunch of sunglasses on fire. Okay. Um, it With has a, a really... Well, that's that. Yeah, the Prison City logo mm. is the the lock. Um, real buttery mouthfeel with those kind of citrusy hops. Um, I'm I'm loving this. This is absolutely delicious. I was worried about drinking this after the Wookie Jack, like having that dark IPA before it. Would this beer hold up? And man, does it! It is d. De- delicious um i am going to savor every sip of this beer because i am having a good time and this was canned um february 2nd so pretty fresh too wow very very fresh yeah two weeks old chris you got your beer i saw you take a sip take one more take one more yep that's good Mm. so locally here that's uh, good the the uh, Amherst uh, Gaelic League is announced that Tim Herzog, <clears throat> the uh, founder, right? Founder of Flying Bison? Yeah. Yes. Is there uh, Irishman of the Year? Mm. I was just feeling. Wow. Fine. I, you know, I was really pulling for uh, Seamus O'Shaughnessy, but <laughs> I, I guess he can't always win, be a winner. Chris, how, how's your beer? I was just saying something so you could take a sip. That's okay. I thought you, I thought you actually had something uh, you wanted to worth talk wild. about. No. Um, I already kind of 
told what I was going to be talking about and how I feel about it, because the next one is their uh, Belgian Golden. And this is uh, 8% ABV, so a little bit bigger than the other beers I've had. Uh, they call this for people who got into beer while they studied abroad. And it just hits all of those Belgian notes. It's like that wonderful, like, banana bread, like, clove. Um, the the cilantro spice, but it's not cilantro. Coriander. Yeah, it's got that. I like coriander. Don't like cilantro. That's why I've learned. Spices and herbs are different, everybody. That's a fact. Um, this is absolutely fantastic. And again, like, this... And the Vienna Lager, like if the 15 pack was just a mix of these two beers, it would be like fantastic. I'm glad that I got other stuff from them. I didn't have the IPA, but the IPA is, again, it's representative of an IPA and it it does what it needs to do. Um, I think after we wrap up recording tonight, I still have one of each of the beers left. So I'm, I'm cool with that. I think the 15 pack was maybe... $24.99. Like, it wasn't bank-breaking. It was a good amount for a brewery that I walked past on the shelves when I've been looking for other sampler packs, like the the Bear Hug, Beer Hug, whatever it was called. From Goose Island? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Or, like, a Southern Tier pack. Um, I'm I'm not upset with having picked up a sampler pack. I know sometimes you can feel burned by them, especially if it's a brewery you haven't had before. Uh, but for the most part, even the beers that I didn't love, still still solid representations. That's that's the best you can hope for with a variety pack. You know, sometimes when you get a sampler pack, if you get one beer you like out of it, you're like, okay, glad I tried it. Glad I had this one beer. Now at least I know to stay away from their other styles. Yeah. But sometimes they have a beer in there that you absolutely love, and you're like, okay, this brewery is capable of doing something completely knockout. And I'm thinking back to the Sam Adams Black and Brew. Like, fantastic. Why can't everything be that good? Why does everything have to be Cherry Weed or Boston Lager, Sam Adams? Why? Just be better. We know you can be. You have the potential. I feel like every teacher that ever was... Ever ever had to write a report card for me? <laughs> has has the ability to do better. <laughs> hey, it's okay. But Paul, you have a chance to do better with your final pick because this is no, the Chris, end of the month. You're Marshall starting Club. it. I know. I was just trying to segue it back yeah. into the main topic. Um, my final artist for this month is someone that I absolutely adore, and I talked about him multiple times on the podcast before we've read multiple books from this artist and this is jamie mckelvey um frequent co-collaborator he's one of i think he would be one of my boys he would be Uh, one of your boys frequent co-collaborator with uh kieran gillen uh did suburban glamour did the um absolutely amazing young avengers book over at marvel uh wicked and divine again with kieran gillen holy crap Maybe that's that's one of my dream pairings. Um, his artwork it might be considered like very static by some people, but I just think it's very expressive. Like it's all very poppy and just jumps off the page. Even if like there's not a lot of like sense of movement from some of those pages, the panels themselves have the movement in them. And I always think back to 
uh, Young Avengers where America Chavez is like helping them jump through the actual borders between the panels in one of the books. And I think his storytelling is absolutely fantastic. He's got that kind of like David aha, like, Hey, I'm going to tell a story, but I'm going to do it in a weird way. Guys get ready for it. Capability. And he's got it. And if he just wants to do like a regular, like nine by nine grid, that's cool too. And you're going to get emotion and you're going to get heart out of there. Um, Yeah. Well, my picks. Yeah. Paul, is your number one pick someone who we'd say is one of your guys? I don't know. Would you say that Chris Somney? Oh, he's definitely a guy. He's definitely, I think he's all one of all of our guys. Like, yeah. I thought you would have picked Steve McNiven, honestly. I was thinking about it, but man, he has. He's also one of your guys. Yeah, I, I looked at his. I thought he'd pick J.H. Williams the third. Again, I, I thought about really good. him too. Um, glad I didn't pick Cameron Stewart because a quick Wikipedia search is like, oh, sexual misconduct. Wait, I, well, I did not know that. Yeah, back in 2020. I, I have a Cameron Stewart uh, Catwoman sketch that I really like. Oh, yeah. Did not know that. That's follow I, follow the art, not the artists. Everybody. Yeah, sometimes. Uh, yeah. That's why he hasn't had work over at DC uh, in quite a while. So, yeah, but Chris Omni. Mm. <laughs> Awful that I'm like, blah, blah, blah. But Chris Omni, so far as I know, great, good person, good person, great artist. <laughs> we can all agree on that. Oh, yeah, don't, don't make statements <laughs> like that, Paul. As far as I know, great artist. Uh Again, in the Darwin Cook kind of style of um, economy align, uses, uh, you know, the uses lighting in an interesting way, silhouettes, uh, does great silhouette work. Uh, And I think does handle action and uh, storytelling and just big characters really well. I I thought you guys would be like, oh, yeah, Chris Omni. Definitely. Oh, yeah, I, you, no, you were talking. I didn't want to jump in. No, oh, Chris Sami, okay. he's fantastic. Um, he's one of the comic artists that I follow on Instagram, and I love when he puts up his like, uh, today I just want to do a Mister Miracle sketch, or like, oh, did Daredevil and Electra today? And like, he'll just he'll put up the artwork like fully inked, but then like if you swipe to the next like image, it's just like his like pencil sport, and you're like, even that looks great. Like he's Fantastic. Um, John. Uh, I, I have some breaking news from Wikipedia on Chris Somney to prove that he's a uh, seems to be a decent guy. He, he took paternity leave back in 2013 to spend time with his uh, newborn baby. So it seems like a decent family man from what I can glean from a Wikipedia article. <laughs> I don't think that was really breaking news, but OK, cool. <laughs> I, I I did that too. So hey hey you're you're from, you're a decent guy as far as we know as far as we know hey, you've known me for a long time I'm gonna but do it yeah. again in a couple months too uh, <laughs> all right John you've probably seen more Chris Omni art recently because you're still reading Firepower right is Firepower still going on um ooh did know. you fall off I did you know I did the bounce between 
digital and trying to do um, fair. The, the comic book store as well uh, has definitely, I think it's on a bit of a hiatus or it's ended. But I know the last couple issues I hadn't finished. I didn't, I didn't get around to reading comic book, uh, you know, wall of shame. But if you guys were going to say who's in my top tier, one of my guys. Ooh, ooh, mm, okay. Mm. With a very distinct art style. Tyler Kirkham. Oh, Mike Mignola. I, I threw him out there for one of your comic artists, or the cover artists, not comic artists. Uh, yeah, uh, for comic artists. I held up my Hellboy tiki mug. And I'm sorry, I said the wrong name because I said Tyler Crookham, but I was thinking Kenneth Rockefeller. You know, I went back and was looking at Kenneth Rockefeller art, and I was like, it's good, but I don't love it. You know, at the time when it was on that book, I was like, yeah, this is great, you know? And I have so many artists that I was like, yeah, like Andrea Sorrentino. I was like, yeah, yeah I really love it. And then I'm looking back at the art. And I'm like, this is good. It fits the book. Like when it when art just really fits a book, I think it, it the two make each other shine. Uh, but Mike Manola just is a, such a interesting style on how he draws everything. I I love it. Uh, I've picked up different things that he's done because he's on there as, art, as an artist. Um, and I still pick up Hellboy and BPRD stuff um, or different stuff that he's written that he does do covers for. He no longer does the interiors. Um, but I have all the weird little one shots like, um, you know, the screw on head and, and uh, Dario Finney and, and all those kind of weird books that he's done and, Chris, you've bought me some really nice hardcovers. Um, the the Witch Hunter book, whatever that. Uh, can't think of his name. Uh, but yeah, like I just really dig his style of how he he draws and does his books. So, uh, the last issue of Firepower that has come out was October twenty sixth. 2022 and it doesn't say final issue but the solicitation for it says owen johnson has fought to save the world but will the firepower be strong enough so it does sound like it could be like a final issue but it also doesn't say it so it could come back like aftermath but yeah yeah or they could just take a hiatus i mean kirkman does a lot he's still running image like the skybound imprint yeah he's like a creative outreach person um, so we did this before with cover artists where we kind of talked about like, oh, I'm surprised you didn't pick so-and-so or so-and-so. Um, and Paul, I said this exact same thing for the cover artists. I'm surprised you didn't say Yannick Paquette. Yeah. Uh, again, just haven't seen much work from Yannick Paquette on any books that I'm picking up. So it's like. Would I like to see him? Would he be a strong, uh, strong uh, honorable mention like Stefan Rue? Uh, yes. Um, Becky Cloonan and Amanda Connor, uh, both. Uh, Becky you know. Cloonan's a lot more into writing now, which I, mm-hmm. again, I'm really enjoying Batgirls. I'm still picking that up every every month, and I think she put up a thing on is either like her Instagram or Twitter, like. A week or so ago where it was like she did a, a sketch and she was like, oh, it feels good to be drawing again. And it's like, well, it's like 
why Drew as well as you? I would just be doing that. Like, just you, you're yeah. good at this. Why are you not doing this? And I didn't mention Amanda Connor because she's just working on uh, Harley Quinn. So it's like, and that's a book that I'm not really interested in. So, um, that's kind of like why. My number four, like, I just, like, I wanted to put them on it, but I just, there just was other people who I, I do love more. But uh, relatively new is um, Juanijo Grandio uh, from Black Sad. Oh, okay. I didn't recognize the name, and I was like, oh, this but, is, like, something that John's probably just reading in his spare time that we haven't. No, yeah. But just to make, the way he makes these animals lifelike and the the detail in some of these things like he just makes crime noir done all with animals um amazing like he just does such a great job with that that it's he's 50 percent of why that book works and the the stories are the other part like again like you just you need that artist to work in unison with the writer and the fact that those two guys got together and can tell that kind of a story. And it's just like Matt Fraction and David Aha, like those guys just fit with their stories. And um, Ed Brubaker and who's the uh, artist that he always works with? Steve um, Epting. Steve Epting. Like those two guys just get each other and fit each other's stories. Um, not one of my picks, but when you said like, Oh, a creator that has someone that they work with that it just like, it clicks, they get it. Um, Sarah Pacelli and like Brian Michael Bendis, I think yeah. they're a great team. Um, right now I'm buying the Scarlet witch book in the last issue had, uh, Viv from the Tom King, uh, vision series, AKA, and then also from, uh, champions appear in it that's a great looking book like it's one of those books that i'm picking up for yanni but if she ever decided like oh, i don't like scarlet witch i'd be like well, i'm going to keep buying this book because it's it's delivering um someone i thought about having on my list was patrick gleason uh same thing yeah. i own a green lantern core page but he's done so much great stuff like he worked with grant morrison on bringing Damian Wayne to the world. And then he basically took point on that book because Grant Morrison created the character, but then Pete Tomasi started writing it. But then later on, like Patrick Gleason was just kind of like, Oh, I'm going to write and draw this book. Uh, he's made the jump to Spider-Man, which it, as a comic book artist is probably huge. Like just doing whatever you're doing and then getting offered Spider-Man's probably like that's like look my I made it territory I think um, uh, Russell Dodderman too his uh, covers are fantastic I yeah. don't know if he's done a lot of interior stuff besides Mighty Thor with he the, did a lot of he did a lot of Thor and I actually like his stuff better than Isaac uh, Ribic on Thor I get that I get that. And I think I'm still, like, I'm still, is really great, too. Like Again, I, I said it before. I'm surprised Paul didn't pick Steve McNiven, but he already he already defended himself on yeah. that. So I'm, I'm not upset. Uh, anyone well, else you, I mean, you problem, want to mention? 
the problem too is like McNiven is like what does he do? Like what does he do? You know, like he's he's an amazing artist, but it almost feels like he never works. And then sometimes he feels now that he's just following the paycheck. And like the last thing I read him on was Captain America, and he only did like the first three issues. Mm-hmm. And then there was a fill-in guy, and then he did the next issue, and then he was off the book. Like it, I feel like Steve McNiven. Like when we talked to him at the comic book convention uh, off air, he he liked to work at his own pace. And yeah. like he would get in front of a book, and he'd be like, "Hey." He would submit the art, submit the art, submit the art on the book, get ahead, and all of a sudden they, the the comic book company would start double shipping his book the work so then he would be behind again and he he hated that feeling He's yeah like, well paul were you with us when chris chris i know it was you and me we went to the the sketch duel with yeah um, uh, ethan skyver yeah ethan mm-hmm. skyver and like ethan scott was it mcniven was done and was just continuing to do yeah. he just they continuing ed- to they do pictures the sketch duel and he was just like oh, i just added more to it mm-hmm. um yeah, because Ethan Van Skyver was a two-faced battle. Yeah, he was just talking the whole time, doing his, mm-hmm. and then he just uh, oh no, that was a different artist just kept doing pictures. No, it's the two of them no. doing the two-faced battle. No, it was another. It was another one. The guy did the picture and then just kept doing more and more pictures. I forget what artist it is. He was he was like French and he had like black beard and a big black ponytail oh, i cannot think of the artist's name but he was a cool artist uh, i also fun. thought about adrian alfona from runaways and miss marvel very soft artwork uh we talked to him at a convention but it was one of those like there's no way we'd be able to record that because he was so soft-spoken and just just it, it was in the moment, um, but his artwork's absolutely fantastic. And then also, someone we also talked to at a uh, convention, uh, Dave Peterson, who does Mouse Yeah, that, I was going to say that too. His artwork's absolutely fantastic, and I I wish he did more stuff, but he does his own thing. He works at his own pace. Uh, we'll do like a Mouse Guard calendar or Mouse Guard like role-playing game source book and then eventually you'll get another mouse guard like one shot or comic uh but amazing love cliff, it. Ch- cliff chang another yeah. another one on my list uh, i thought about bab's tar too for a moment because her artwork is fantastic but then when i started thinking more into him like well i don't think she does a lot of actual interiors anymore i think she's mostly she does covers and like just pinup artwork like there's not a lot of like interior stuff she does now so i didn't go ahead with that paul you got anyone else no i ran through my list real quick there (laughs) (laughs) i think i mentioned everybody john i think i got just i mean there's definitely people i'm forgetting but uh i think i got just about everyone all right, that's it, guys. Uh, if you have an artist that you absolutely love that you wish we had talked about and maybe we didn't, chances are good we still love them too. But you know, we talked about a lot of artists today. But let us know over at 
bangboardcast at gmail.com. Or hey, on Kyle, any of the Kyle Higgins. He's a writer. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what did on this? I looked at the second name on this trade. Uh, wh- what trade is it? Scotty Young is a great mention. Scotty Young. Love trade. both Trevor, styles. Trevor McCarthy. It's uh, Batman Gates of Gotham. Oh, yeah. He was a co writer on that with Scott Snyder. Uh, yeah. John, if you go back and listen to our favorite writers, I, I mentioned him as a Nightwing writer because he wrote Gates of Gotham. Yeah. But comic books, guys, we love them. Yeah. We talk we about them. We hope that you just mildly enjoy us. And you can let us know by uh, commenting on any of the posts that John, uh, Chris puts up on our socials. Thank you, Chris, for doing all that work. Email us at bagandboardcast at gmail.com. That's our current one. There it is. Uh, and you can always find our episodes over at bagandboardcast.com, uh, which just you know redirects them to the PIPA. And I had to pay the yearly uh, the yearly uh, annual fee for that. Just through this. Oh, how much was that? Uh, nineteen dollars. Oh hell yeah! Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, Paul. Because I was gonna say I'll buy you beer. So if it's only nineteen dollars, I'm gonna buy you a Sam Adams sampler pack. <laughs> <laughs> and then give you a five dollar book of stamps. <laughs> I'll be like, here's that here. Let's share this beer. Oh. Hope you like Boston Lager. You know what? I do have a uh, pack of Guinness in my fridge because, you know, it's it's almost St. Patrick's Day time. And it was like the $5 mail-in rebate or $5 VMO re- whatever rebate now, internet rebate. So I'm like, yeah, that's that's a good deal. So having Sam Adams cherry wheat is not a bad thing when you have Guinness. They're because- paying you to drink it. Does a snake bite made with uh, this cherry wheat and Guinness. Really good. Remember? Remember, John? When we went to uh, that Griffin pub and it was like they had cherry wheat on or some sort of cherry beer on on tap. And then uh, they put Guinness on the same tap. Yes. They didn't clean the line. It wasn't Griffin. It was like a South Buffalo crappy bar that a person I knew (laughs) was working at. Yeah, the Griffin. Wasn't the, the Griffin. Griffin Pub? Yeah, it's not. It's not the bar, the Griffin, but it's Griffin Pub. Okay, I don't remember. It was a South Buffalo bar. South All Buffalo, yeah. Oh, it's not the Gastro Pub. Yes. It wasn't. Isn't it called Griffin Pub? Isn't? Oh, maybe I'm. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong. I mean, we could stop right. the. We could stop the recording. Yeah, we could, but. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>